This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by the lovely people at Patchworks Seattle. Please visit them online at patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. They carry everything from modular to desktop to effects, all sorts of stuff. They've got stereo monitors, mixers. If you're sitting there thinking like, hey, you know what? I need a studio and I don't have anything. Uh, Patchworks.com has you covered. I'd also like to say thank you to Needham Woodworks. Do you need yourself a nice case that will double as the nicest piece of furniture in your house probably? Then head over to NeedhamWoodworks.com. I've got mine here. Looking at it right now. It's gorgeous. It's definitely one of the first things that starts a conversation when a new person enters my house. Or at least that's what happened before. You know. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week, Martha, a.k.a. Panic Girl, has returned to the show to talk about her new record label and her new record, which she released on that record label. Um, And she also built a a couple little patches for us to kind of walk us through to show us a little bit of um, kind of what she likes to do with her modular and what kind of modules she likes to use. And uh, yeah, we just have a, a lovely conversation and I can't uh, give her new album Blue high enough praise. It's kind of like the perfect album for modular music, and uh, it's it's just got it's got it all. And we're gonna talk about that really soon. But first, I'd like to let you all know that uh, I think Benjamin V2s are back in stock over at After Later Audio, and um, I I know you know how much I love the Benjamin V2. But if you haven't heard me talk about it, and if you're not uh, familiar with it. I just sounded like Mario for a second. If you're not familiar with it, um, it's uh, it's a monster. It's it's uh, I don't know really how I could explain it. It 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 can make it can be your your sound generator. It has a couple oscillators on it with some built-in filters, and you can use some out external stuff through the filters. It's got some random um, random outputs like for like random pulses. Uh, and but the thing that I love the most about it is like these oscillators they they go down into uh, LFO range so it can become like a crazy CV source and to add to its craziness as far as the CV source goes um, it can it's it's compatible with the uh, the Enigma and Morcom expanders uh, for the the Turing machine so basically you can get um, a bunch of random gates based off of the um, the rungler in the Benjolin, that's the thing that produces like the the, uh, the the random stuff as far as I, I understand it. And then you can also get the Enigma, which produces um, a random uh, CV signal. So you can get random, uh, it's a five-step sequencer that you can kind of tune in to, to this kind of somewhat random, but you can tune it in with, with potentiometers. Does that make sense? 
I'm gonna have some demos of that hopefully soon, like with video and everything. Um, but yeah, I just I love I love this module, and and they're 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 fully stocked. So head over to afterlateraudio.com and check out their other stuff. Lots of cool stuff going on over there. Um, I want to say thank you to John O. Wells. Um, my hat's off to you, dude. He just did the Modular World one year anniversary thing on YouTube, and that was like a multi day, non stop stream of like 130 or something performers. Um, that's. Uh, he's probably sleeping right now as I'm recording this. I hope he's sleeping right now, getting some rest. Um, so yeah, I did a set on there and I put my setup on YouTube that you can go check out. Um, I play a thumb kalimba through a uh, through the R bar, and uh, I have a bunch of cool footage of some some planes from the area. Sound like fun? Um, and speaking of videos, and speaking of this track that you hear below me. Uh, my friend Steven Jett and I have released some new content into the world. What you're listening to right now is the, the end piece of our new EP called Bones of the Structure. That uh, is out on Self Center Records. It's on Bandcamp. And uh, any money that we get from the sales from this, uh, we are going to donate to ourselves to buy studio monitors for Steven's house so I don't have to pack my entire studio every time I go down to record at his house because he can't bring his grand piano to my house, to my apartment. So I'm constantly bringing just so much stuff down there. So, um, you know, we're, we're about a quarter of the way there. So if you want to help us buy some studio monitors, go on bandcamp.com. There's a link in the show description. Um, and we have a video of um, something that we're working on for the future up on YouTube right now. Um, again, I'm processing the external world through the R bar, and uh, it just happens to be Stephen playing the grand piano this time. So uh, I think that is about all the rambling I'm going to do for today's intro. Let's get into this chat with Martha, a.k.a. Panic Girl. Gotcha. Fooled you. We're actually going to do a demo before we talk to Martha. And what we're going to be demoing is the blip blocks and the blip blocks after dark. This right now is the blip blocks after dark. So I've talked about this last week and I'm sure you've seen it. It's uh it's a synthesizer for kids or young adults, or I would even say for people who uh, maybe aren't musicians or synthesists. This would be actually a really great way to get in, uh, get your foot in the door to understanding synthesis, especially with this After Dark version, because every button is labeled with its function, um, including a kick and a snare. So check this out. I'm going to play a drum beat. So that's fun. Um, and then I can switch to, well, I'm going to keep on this sequence. So basically what it does is it just starts going once you pull it, turn it on. And there's all these different parameters you can mess with. So there's, uh, there's a really, it's really cool on each side. There's like these levers that make you feel like you're driving a spaceship. One of them is tempo. It goes pretty fast. You get it nice and slow. 
So you get some ambient type stuff. And then the other side, the filter. And you can do different types of filter modulation, um, and you can do different types of filters. So here I've got an LFO modulating the filter. And then you can get the uh, another LFO modulating the, uh, the output. So you get two LFOs, which is pretty fun. My favorite thing is there's a Sound Freak button. So I'm going to hit the Sound Freak button real quick. So it's a really cool way to add like some variation. So if you're jamming on something. Um, so there's also an oscillator button. So you can kind of scroll through if you found if you find a, like a, a a melody or a sequence that you really like, you can scroll through these different oscillators. Um, and you can randomize every single parameter with the push of a button called randomize, which is really cool. So this is going to random make uh, the oscillator and then all the different uh, delay and can you know um, filter modulation and everything just totally randomized. So I think that's pretty cool. There's a filter uh, filter mod type. So you can basically turn it off so you don't have to have the uh, LFO modulating that. And then here, here's the, 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 the best part, because you know this is this has kind of been repeating for a long time, this particular melody. You hit the sequence button, and you're on to the next thing. And I can switch through the oscillators. So you can't control exactly what the sequence is doing, but what, what I really like about it is um, you you can you you switch between sequences, you find one that you want to start with. And so what happens is it alternates one with drums, one without. So you can add drums to the second part, or you can add extra drums. So I'm adding a bunch of snare hits, a bunch of kicks. Um, so it's just a you can you can kind of like progress it through these different things. So you you get this this fresh um, sequence every time, and then you can randomize throughout the whole thing. And like I said, with a sound freak button, it's just there's a whole lot of fun you can have with it. Um, now I'm gonna stop really quick. Now I've hooked up the the blip blocks the original one. So the after dark is like is black and it has like these cool translucent knobs that are like orange and purple and and like this cool blue. Um, now this one definitely looks a whole lot more like a toy. Um, it's white. It's got like very very appealing colors for children. Same buttons does the same stuff. So you still have your sound freak, you still have your randomize, still have your filter. The whole the whole layout's the exact same. The only thing is that's that's different is um, 
It doesn't have any of the labels of the knobs, so there's no text on the front other than it saying blip blocks, but there are arrows pointing from each knob to the next one to indicate which they are kind of affecting, so I think that's pretty cool for a, uh, for a tool for kids. Um, so this one's, uh, if, if you want to like get one for a friend who wants to understand synthesis, I would think that the After Dark might be a little better option, or a kid that, you know, can read pretty well and uh, I don't know much about, I don't know much about like child development, but I would imagine like seven and up, eight and up would probably be good for the After Dark. Um, but one thing I did notice about the, uh, the, uh, the, the original is, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I feel like it has a different sound. Um, I feel like it has a little bit more of a straightforward, traditional, analog-y synthesizer sound, while the, the, the After Dark, to me, feels a little bit techno-ravey, kind of. Um, so while I like to jam on the Blip Blocks After Dark, because it has all the, the labeling and stuff, for some reason I like the sound of the of the uh just the regular one more but I could be wrong about that because it's 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 pretty you know you can randomize the stuff so much I haven't scrolled through like every single oscillator I think there's quite a few in here but um yeah that's that's my blip block story and I'm sticking to it I think they're really really fun and uh I think you would agree. Built-in speaker, battery-powered, uh, you know, really simple. I can't imagine a kid who wouldn't love it. And unlike, so I was about to end, but I will say, unlike other um, instruments that kids play with, like toy instruments, I would say this one isn't as, like, won't, wouldn't be annoying in the background. Like, because they just randomly hit stuff, and it's... This, like, kind of stays on a track, and they can guide that. You know, they can make different things happen with it, but you're still hearing music the entire time, and I think that's 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 the kicker for me on this. Check them out. Link in the show description. We're recording. Martha, thank you so much for joining me again. It's been almost exactly two years since you were on the show last. I just looked, and you were on episode 52, and you're going to be episode 157 or 58 or something like that. So Thanks so much for having me again. <laughs> Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. So what's been going on in the last two years? <laughs> oh, a lot. A lot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, beside the obvious, which <laughs> I don't have to mention, I guess. Right, right. Um, yeah, just recently released my new album, Blue, mm -hmm. and um, also... Uh, yeah, I have many projects going on. I'm doing more YouTube videos lately, trying uh -huh. to <laughs> uh -huh. get in the game a bit. And yeah, so uh, I'm also working on my next album already. Already. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, I've always, I don't uh -huh. know, I have so many tracks on my computer. So like they're all um, half finished and I uh -huh. just have to, you know, I'm just choosing which ones I would like to finish and then... Of course, always doing new tracks and trying out new gear and then new ideas come up and so on and so on. I know so exactly I how that so goes. So <laughs> many tracks and just want to, to finish them. That's such a different experience, I guess, if you have all those sketches also for Instagram or for YouTube uh -huh. and those little um, 
explanations of modules or something like that and then you mm -hmm. really take something and finish it <laughs> yeah, yeah which is a lot of work but um so satisfying so yeah i just got a new laptop so now i'm in the process of trying to move everything from one to the next and of course i'm having issues with my licenses for my plugins and it's just like so i'm kind of in this weird area of like i'm, I'm worried that i might lose a lot of those uh ideas those, you know, those, those sketches ideas. and yeah, oh, right. yeah. so yeah, hopefully i can pull that together Yeah, also um, started at some point to, you know, to bounce the single tracks. So if I have to move and some plugins don't work, so I have the, the audio files just of the That's a really single good track. Idea. So, so maybe then if something crashes, um, you still can work on it. And I also ordered a new, new computer now, uh -huh. <laughs> like Mini. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you are, uh, you're preparing a lot, lot better than I did for my new computer. Um, I'm curious about what you're trying to do on YouTube. What, like, what, 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 what's the approach? Are you trying to take an educational approach or an artistic approach or a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything, I mm -hmm. guess. So uh, okay. I just um, realized that um, with Instagram, I started to do more like um, take care of the visual side of mm -hmm. things. And um, then I noticed that more and more people approached me for some cool projects um, through Instagram. And then I thought maybe I'll try the same thing with YouTube then. And um, there I'm doing uh, yeah, stuff like um, live jams. So mm -hmm. far, I don't have too many at, at this mm -hmm. point, but I'm trying to get more. Um, yeah, live jams, uh, patch explanations. Then there's a one, one video where I um, cut um, tape loops, where I took a saw. I don't know if you <laughs> watched it, maybe. Um, uh. I took a saw and then uh, for the first time in my life, by the way, I worked uh -huh. with, a, with a, such a huge saw and cut the tape itself the shell oh wow wow yeah and recorded that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that was quite an experience for me because i don't do stuff like that very often uh -huh, in my uh -huh. free time right but it worked eventually and then i had this like an you know uh, where the length of the tape loop is um can be very variable to mm -hmm. say it like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and um and and also i, I love it um um, for example, when Amulets is doing that in his uh, little videos, um, when he's putting it around different objects, uh -huh, uh -huh. or like, I don't know, like vases or mm -hmm. whatever lies around, then you have this cool collage thing mm -hmm. with the visual and the, and the audio. I just found that so beautiful so that I had to try it myself. Yeah, that sounds fun. Did you record your own music onto the tape or did you, what was on the, what was on the tape? Ah, uh, let me think. I, um, I had some field, field recordings okay. on it. Some wind sounds, I think, on the one tape. And on the other tape, a pad sound. Though I think I didn't use the wind sound because it was so... N I, I recorded it too low. Oh, and then it okay. got too noisy with the, the tape um, mm -hmm. noises yeah, itself. I've, so. Wind is hard with field recording. It's either too much or... Yeah, it's, it's hard to get the sound that you actually hear with your ears. Um, recorded onto a field recorder. It's something that I've been thinking about lately because I've been doing a lot of field recording myself. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's there's some sounds that sound so much better through a field recorder and then some that you just can't capture. It's kind of like taking a picture of some things. You can't, you can't 
grasp the the true essence of what you see with your eyes you know it's it's a fun challenge i saw your um your and heard your field recordings uh, in collaboration with sarah oh uh, yeah Uh uh-huh that was fantastic thank you love it so much with the processing Uh uh-huh that was really fun i've been so my wife i got my wife into field recording we have this uh the little zoom h6 and so we we've spent a lot of time recording over you know last summer we camped a lot because of covid and stuff and um i i got a battery so i could bring my synth out and play remote performances and now i'm trying to meld them i turned my my synth into a field recorder um i actually bought a backpack Mm -hmm. I saw that picture. That is so crazy. <laughs> that is so cool. I need that too. You have to make a company out of that and sell those. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. You get some pretty strange looks. Um, but I bring all this up. <laughs> I bring all this up because uh, what I noticed through Blue, there seems there seems to be um, a lot, like a through line of a lot of field recordings. But what I wanted to say, I just want to say this up front about Blue is... Something that I love about this album is you. I feel like you have managed to kind of emphasize or, or take all the different things that I love about experimental and synth music and somehow do them all on the same record and make it seamless and sound like it all makes sense together. There's raw field recordings. There's very synthy sounding stuff, very poppy sounding stuff, really good drums. I feel like you have a lot of good textures. Like a lot of it sounds like good 70s analog synth uh tones but sometimes it sounds like that late 80s 90s dx7 like you've really blended all this stuff so i kind of wanted to start with the the field recording aspect of that like how much like was that kind of your plan going in or have you always wanted to use field recordings with what you do or so first thank you so much you described it so well actually that was exactly what i was going for also the more catchy side of things, the mm-hmm. more synth, um, yeah, focused um, tracks and experimental side of things. So thank you. Really yeah, it's lovely. I love the album. <laughs> and with the field recordings, I always love them, I always mm-hmm. worked with them. And I'm, um, as you um, remember, um, I am working for the radio station here in Munich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there I'm, often working with, you know, I have a a Beitrag, like a feature to do, like a feature Uh to produce. And then um, I, um, the the author says um, she would like to have some wind sounds underneath it or just to emphasize the story. Uh But I think that's why I always have those field recording uh, textures in mind for my music as well, because it's, I feel it tells a story of a song so much different. You immediately mm-hmm. you're there somewhere, wherever mm-hmm. you feel like uh, this texture or field recording brings you. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially for the tracks, of course, without vocals as well. And um, yeah, and that's why I really like it. And also to maybe make a rhythm out of it somehow, or I don't know, um, or just to make it, yeah, a little bit more cinematic as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it adds so much to it, and 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 it makes things to me. It just sounds more intimate, and I don't know. I, I 
more directly more yeah something yeah like that. <laughs> i don't I, I just love the way and, and you know i've something I, I like to just put on the headphones and walk around with my recorder and not even record sometimes but just listen to the world through it and i think blending that into to music is just i know I, I just love it i love it and you did it so, so well so i'm curious so i remember you doing the the field recording for the stories for the radio station. So when you're out there, you're, you're probably not using everything that you record for the, for the radio uh, show. So how much of what you're being sent out on assignment ends it in, finds its way into your own music or do you do your own separate recordings? Um, I do. So for my music, I'm doing separate recordings and I'm also, um, I would say half, half I'm using also samples from, from the net. Mm-hmm. I'm just okay. searching for uh, recordings that people put online, mm-hmm. free to use. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, mostly something that with what I connect emotionally yeah. somehow. So, for example, last year we were in Italy with a family and I recorded some sounds I, and I knew I have to make something. It's I'm immediately uh, in that place again in Italy and uh, wanted to make something out of it. Even if it's only very low, maybe only I am hearing it uh-huh. the way, um, yeah, I recorded it and yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel, did you, did you also, were you sampling like, like, was there a TV on in a room and then you were using a field recorder to record the TV in a room on a couple songs? It, I feel like it sounded like TV stuff or something. Yeah, the one track, I think you mean Cherry Blossom drama. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> well, that was a sample from um, some radio uh, radio okay. drama okay. that I used. I also had to clear that up with some friends of mine who speak Chinese. Uh-huh. And um, because I didn't know what they were saying, and, uh, <laughs> it sounded like fighting, a uh-huh. couple fighting. <clears throat> But I just wanted to confirm that it's nothing weird, just yeah, yeah. Like that. So they, so they said that it's really just a couple fighting, couple stuff. So. Okay, okay. Um, and then one more field. Rec- what was my other field recording question? Um, I thought I had one more. Uh, I guess I lost it. But what was the? Did you have? Uh, is there a theme in your head to blue? Is there? Is there like a story that you're trying to tell? With it, um, how do you, how, I guess, in a bigger question is, how do you view uh, independent albums? Do you look at them as kind of one piece made up of smaller pieces? Or is it just kind of a, almost like a sonic journal of what you've made at the time? I feel like there's yeah, two ways mm-hmm. to look at it. I guess a little bit of both, actually. Okay. It's a sonic journal, for sure. It's very personal. There are memories in there in my tracks and... Um, and all the melodies and all the gear that I use at that time and the field recordings used. Um, it's very much where I am in that moment, in that time of my life, how mm-hmm. the vibe is, if, if I'm joyful, if I'm happy, if it's more melancholic and stuff like that. And it's also, I, of, of course, try to make a whole out of those little pieces. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the one way to approach that is to make those or finish those tracks um, in like, let's say, in half a year. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not too far apart from each other, also mix-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, also from, from the feeling they have. 
And then I think the track listing for me is also very important. Me too, yeah. That's also takes up quite a lot of time because I always I, I choose the first track, which should be the opener. And then I also uh, always try every song as the second one. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I go from there and I always have to go from the start to have, you know, the whole listening experience uh -huh. through the album and then just check what works best. And <laughs> you know, that yeah. takes quite some time. Yeah. But it's yeah, been so a that it's... It's been a while since I've made an album, um, but it's funny that process, you have to listen the, to when you make it to this stage of the process that you're talking about right now with the sequencing of the tracks and the mixing, you have to listen to your own music so much. Like, do you find that you, you kind of start to miss other people's music because all you're listening to is the same thing that you do and you're, you're worried that if somebody gets in your car and your stuff comes up that they'll be like, why are you only listening to your music? It's like, no, because I have to figure out if I like it or not. It's, it's Absolutely. <laughs> it really sometimes drives me crazy listening to it mm -hmm. so much, especially in the, in the mixing stage mm -hmm. because I'm always mixing, you know, with the um, main monitors and then with the headphones and then I have like a little radio kitchen style um, loudspeaker for 20 euros. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That is really very revealing yeah. with mm -hmm. mixing uh, mistakes. And then, of course, the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to get it right there for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so I'm always going back and forth. And oh no, the, especially with the bass frequencies, I guess, and also with the higher frequencies. And yeah, and then listening to it so much, <laughs> so yeah. it's really, like you said, missing other stuff very much. Though I mm -hmm. always also listen to uh, reference tracks. Mm -hmm. But those get on my nerves as well after a while. Um, it was mezzanine for many years. I can't hear that right now <laughs> at the moment, which is pretty sad. It's such yeah. an amazing record. Uh -huh. um, but I guess maybe in a year or so. And, and these yeah. days it was Bonobo uh -huh. a lot, for example. I like his mixing style a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I'm really glad when it's all done and then I send it maybe to, let's say, two or three friends for mm -hmm. some, um, yeah, for some checking if they if they have anything to criticize or to, yeah, just add their um, vision mm -hmm. or what mm -hmm. they heard uh, in there. And then I'm very happy when I can give, give it to the mastering engineer. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, that, that's a great feeling when you're like, it's out of my hands. It's up to somebody else to, to finish it. Um, it's, you mentioned, you know, passing it on to friends. I feel like that's very important to have a couple people that are close enough to you where they'll tell you the truth and they also know what to listen for. And I feel like those relationships... Um, for me are very important to have. And I have different people who I have different versions of this relationship. Like I know this person will pay more attention to this aspect of what I'm showing them. And it's, it's good to build that network. So do you have like a, a handful of people that you kind of, the same people that you send your stuff to? Yeah, I have though. I'm also very, um, how should I say it? Um, because everyone hears music differently as we all know, um, and everybody uh, likes different stuff. And uh, especially with my with my first album or my first first EP, I mm -hmm. realized because th back then I really sent it to 
every friend uh-huh. I had. And then the feedback really um, surprised me because the one friend sa- said that um, the one track is very dark for her. And for mm-hmm. me, it wasn't at all. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not one bit. Um, and the other one said it is uh, more jo- joyful. The other mm-hmm. one said, uh, I don't know, totally different things. Uh-huh. And then I really had to process that for myself. What does it mean for me if someone finds it very dark or very joyful? Do I want to change that? Do I want to keep that? Mm-hmm. Um, how much do I uh, want to um, react on that? Um reaction of theirs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) so that's also i think a process um as an artist um how much one wants to uh, yeah just um react on all those different uh, interpretations yeah of the music and it really makes you wonder like what am i trying to get out of sending it to all these people what am i looking for really you know yeah and also if i if you if you want as an artist to to please the listeners or if mm-hmm. you want to please your um i don't know your artistic soul searching somehow <laughs> um or if it should be a blend of both or mm-hmm. it's uh, it's always i think it's always evolving also definitely yeah and it's maybe some a little bit more of the one thing a little bit more of the the other thing at some point so um yeah and to get back to your question i have um like two or three people that are mainly uh, looking at the mix mm-hmm. i would say and also uh two friends who who just uh, tell me how they um you know just like if they like the songs or not uh-huh, uh-huh. and how they feel about it yeah. just to get some feedback and also my husband of course yeah uh-huh <laughs> um so I had another question just pop up. Um, oh, this, this kind of this idea of, do you want to, what the difference, the difference, if there is a difference between trying to make music that you want people to enjoy versus trying to do 100% self-expression. Um, what is that ratio or what, or relationship like with you? Um, and I'm also curious if that changes between recording and live, because I feel like those can be even separate in that regard. That's true, yeah. Um, I would say uh, for my Panic Girl um, tracks, I am like 80%. I want to please my artistic vision of it mm-hmm. and only um, express what I have in myself, because I think everything else is... I don't. I don't really like the the word, but it's not authentic anymore. It should uh-huh. be me. It should be my version of things, and only that makes any sense, I mm-hmm. guess. Because if I start copying other artists or trying to uh, please someone, and I'm only guessing what that could be, so that that gets complicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really trying to just stay with with myself. So the one thing I really want to do is mostly with my music that um, when people listen to it, that they feel good after afterwards. Mm-hmm. They don't like, it's not too melancholic, it's not too dark. I don't want anyone to cry during, <laughs> during <laughs> listening to my tracks or getting in a bad mood or something like that. Yeah. So that is the one thing that I really want to achieve with my tracks. Also, I guess, because... Um, 
I'm also working as a composer for the radio station, and there it has to be all um, what uh, the author wants uh -huh. for the feature, for the story, for uh, the whole piece. Mm -hmm. And there, um, yeah, so, so I express myself um, as much, much as I can with my Pentacle tracks. Yeah, and, yeah. And for live, yeah, that's a good question, actually, because you really stand in an audience, not now, but hopefully soon, uh -huh, uh -huh. soon again. And that is a different story, yeah? That, yeah, I, um, especially also with uh, Lucy Grain, with my mm -hmm. duo with Anatole Locker, we, um, we definitely talk about how much it should be the very um, experimental tracks, the very slow tracks. It is experimental modular music, but for live gigs, we more often add kicks yep. or drums mm -hmm. or percussion, just maybe to get them a little bit moving or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. to make it a little bit more pleasurable experience all in all. So yeah, that's different. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. I, uh, you know, if I had a, an album probably seven years ago that was kind of more experimental and lo-fi and, and kind of dark. And um, when I played live, I, I definitely made it, I wouldn't call it dance music, but I tried to make it a little bit more uh, something you could bob your head to and kind of, you know, feel in a rhythmic way because I was playing at bars, you know, and I was, I feel like just where I'm going to play a show, if I was going to play at some, you know, beautiful artsy auditorium, then maybe I would keep it weird. But if I'm going to play at a bar where people are drinking and stuff, I'm going to add a four on the floor kick drum, you know, and I don't know what I just, cause I, I almost feel like I, if I'm going there to perform, yes, I'm making music as a, as a, self-expression mostly and it's and it's for me but i feel like the performance aspect is you almost have a uh uh not an obligation but like a you're providing a service to an, an audience or something and i want people absolutely. to like it you know absolutely yeah. agreed also what you said if it's we played once with lucy grain in the cinema mm -hmm. so people were, were seated and um yeah, much more focused on the music. And there we were more experimental. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then we had like a, a festival where we were playing or super booth. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And there we were trying to add some more, like you said, head nodding stuff uh -huh, to uh -huh. it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I want to talk, because you, you prepared a patch for us today. Um, but I want to talk a little, before we get into that, I want to... Um, talk about uh, IUE, your record yes. label that you started. Um, I remember that just showed up one day. I, I think I saw it on Instagram and I, I saw the track listing and I wasn't, I didn't know it was your thing at first, but I saw your name in the track listing and I was like, these are all amazing artists for that compilation album. And that compilation album is so good. Um, and then I found out it was you running it. I got very excited. Um, so can you tell me about why you started it and what the plan is with it and how, you know, releases and uh, everything about it? Because I'm, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought, I don't know, I'm now um, in the modular scene, I would say, synthesizer scene uh, for quite a while now. And I'm following lots of artists and record labels and festivals and so on and so on. And I sometimes realized that um, some compila compilations or some record labels, they were so, of so often um, 
so many males, mm-hmm. uh, male artists on there. And I sometimes wondered why didn't they maybe ask, I don't know, this female artist or this one, because I know so many, so, so, so many mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic female artists. And then they don't get, um, I feel like they they could get featured more often, let's say it that way. Uh-huh. Um, and I also thought, why not just make a label if um, if I have so many good artists in my feed, in my Instagram, in my Facebook, in my YouTube and so on, maybe I just try to make a label with only female electronic artists and just mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah, thought maybe the best start for such a label is a compilation just mm-hmm. to just show with one album... <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And the artists are so amazing. And I still have so many to ask. And um, uh, and the first compilation, I think, also turned out so so well. And yeah, now I have the my album on it. And I also have the next two releases planned. Uh-huh. So I think I can um, now reveal the next um, release will be from Margaret Blue. Okay. She's a modular artist from LA. Okay. Super talented. She, she makes wonderful videos also with her modular and a very, very interesting modular ambient. I'm very excited for this one. It comes out in about a month. Okay. I'll start with the promotion soon. And um, yeah, very excited for the feedback as well. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, uh, the next compilation. And uh, the only thing. Um, th- uh, this time with the next compilation it's not only the modular artists but you know just like electronic um, uh, yeah artists female mm-hmm. artists so mm-hmm. um, they don't have to use modulars for their for their music yeah let's, and then uh, just um, we got featured with the first compilation also on electronic beats for example that was really cool that's awesome and I hope that grows yeah yeah, I think it will. I mean, um, it's such a good record. It's, it's, I think when, I don't know what I was think we were going on like a camping trip, my wife and I, and I was listening to it a lot on our, like our drive through the woods and stuff. Thank it you. was just, yeah, it was a very, very good, um, driving through pretty landscape music. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> and it had a really, yeah, nice arc of, you know, some of it's dark and, but it all felt cohesive too. So, yeah. um, yeah. did you ask the artists on that to make a track specifically for that with that in mind or did you just ask them to submit something they already had or how much collaboration was involved in putting that together so most most tracks um, I asked to um, compose compose mm-hmm. for the compilation itself and mm-hmm. some already existed with some artists um, who were quite busy at the time uh-huh so I'm not too strict about that then um, and I really really also like the it's very there are so many different tracks on it like um, more dance techno mm-hmm. a track from uh, julia bondar for example mm. yeah love yeah. that track and then super experimental tracks like from Elisa the rubies uh-huh it's also one of my favorites uh with the chair um quote in the beginning <laughs> that's mm. so cool and then helen vogel singer at mm-hmm. the beginning with her voice beautiful and I also think it's maybe also a bit, of course, uh, through the mastering mastering process, 
but also maybe through the use of modular that it's all very cohesive in the end. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Very, and also it took quite a time to get the track listing right with so many different styles and artists, but that's the yeah. fun of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To get it right in the end. So have like, it sounds like you, you did it kind of, um, in a, I feel like in the synth world, every, you know, the, the DIY spirit is very strong and this kind of like, if you want to see something exist that doesn't exist, well then you got to just make it exist. And that's, <laughs> that's what true. you did. Um, but before you saw kind of this like hole in the market of like, Hey, there could be more representation out there. Had you had, um, any kind of dreams or aspirations to, to do a record label or was this kind of more like all like a, like a flash, like, aha, that's what I should do. Yeah. More like a flash in that, in that regard for the, for the IUE records label, because yeah, I just, as you say, I, I also get approached, um, here and there by, I don't know, uh, journalists or just interested people how my experience is in um, more let's say male dominated area maybe with synthesizers or as an audio engineer and and so on and um, I don't know I have to say my experiences are very very good mm -hmm. so far I had some bad ones as well but mostly super good especially in the modular world in the synthesizer world but then I more and more started you know, just looking for how many uh, women are there, how many women are here. Just, you know, I'm noticing more because I got asked here and there um, those questions. And then, then I just realized, ah, okay, this combination and no no um, woman on there, why? Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. just wondering and then I thought, okay, then let's make the same thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> just only with women and, and uh, yeah. see what happens. And then, and then just the whole thing evolved. And uh -huh. it was really fun uh, setting up the logo, the name and talking with the distribution if it all works out and, and stuff and with the cassettes as well. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> um, packaging it all by myself with my husband. He, <laughs> he helps a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And yeah, but very much fun. I really like that. And also, and also finding new artists that mm -hmm. are maybe not discovered uh, yet. And um, yeah, getting... Uh, talking with uh, with them with about all that all the process that they maybe don't know about you know mastering and getting the cover and this and that with the distribution and how much everything takes and yeah it's very exciting feeling like a uh yeah new artist myself when when i'm talking yeah <laughs> and explaining yeah. them things so uh-huh there's there's kind so of this cool. level of of curator you know yeah that, that yeah, goes along absolutely. with running a label and um, so I'm excited to see, cause there's just some labels that I'm a fan of because they're really good at releasing stuff that I like. So I'm excited to see your progression as a, as the curator and the selector of, of the stuff that you want to, you know, have be more represented. So it's, this kind of stuff's always very exciting to me. I love the do it yourself. If you want something to exist, you got to make it type approach. That's to things. so cool. Yeah. I love that too about the, about mm -hmm. the scene. <laughs> it's really mm -hmm. lovely. Yeah. Um, and your record is out on vinyl, right? Blue vinyl. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. That's so Turquoise cool. like my hair. <laughs> a little bit like my hair. <laughs> I noticed that your hair was was the, was a similar color as the record and I was wondering how much did when did one influence the other? Exactly. I tried to make it as as near as the same color as possible. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I have it now for I don't know two three years now. The blue hair. Uh huh. Uh huh. And <laughs> I think everybody knows me with that that hair by now. And thought it would would be just cool to just name it blue the 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 album and make the vinyl blue and as as much blue as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was wondering because. I was wondering if it was called blue in the sense of like feeling blue or, or depressed. But after I listened to it and saw the, the album art, I was like, no, this is just <laughs> blue, the color. Um, I love exactly, it. Yeah. it the, did you do the album art? And no, that was, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Wachawa. Okay. Uh, and an artist. Uh, and she did it for me and she did it so well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the love color. It. The only uh-huh. thing I requested, uh, about uh, three changes was the color of the blue because oh. <laughs> that was something I was really, <laughs> really to fit my hair. <laughs> <somehow>. <laughs> I think I drove her a bit crazy with that, but uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's yeah, so it, nice it, with all the the, the modular, the, the small modular, the Coca Quantas is on there, the OP1 is on the cover, and I think a microphone, and I really lo- love all those little details or some books in the shelf where you can see um, written like music, art, and something like that. Uh-huh, so. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, and yeah, so everybody listening, I think, I think there's some vinyl left. I would get out there and, uh, and, and order one as soon as yes. you can. Um, <laughs> that would be cool. So I want to talk about this patch that you built for us today. I, I've, something I've been trying to do new this year since it's the third year of the show is have people who have been on before um, to come in and kind of give an, an example of a, a patch that they feel is representative of their style or, or just something that they're kind of interested in right now. So, um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about it and maybe walk us through what, you know, what you're using and, and why and how you're using it? Yeah, sure. Pardon my interruption. We're going to get to Martha's patch here in a moment, but I just wanted to remind you all that I have a Patreon, and uh, if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. I've been doing a lot of bonus episodes, so I've been doing a weekly bonus episode where I uh, I field your questions or talk about whatever it is that you suggest to me on the Patreon Champagne Room page on Discord. So yeah, there's there's also uh, access to uh, to a private Patreon or a, yeah Patreon Discord channel where we talk about stuff that I can't mention right now because it's super secret. Um, but it's a hell of a party over there, and uh, if you want to uh, send in a question or, or really a topic that you want me to rant about, uh, you can hear that every week on the bonus episode. Um, it just helps keep the show going in its current capacity. And uh, if you've been listening for a long time, you know I have big dreams about doing uh, like a tour with it and maybe trying to do like a, a podcast slash road documentary or something. Uh, and the Patreon is going to be how that's going to happen if it ever happens. Uh, my goal is to get to 200 subscribers this year. Let's, let's see if we can do it. 
get on it. Patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Thank you to everybody who has helped out so far and to everybody who will help out in the future. All right, let's get into Martha's Patch. So I actually have um, two small, small patches. I would say there are more voices that I'm using these days very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one voice I prepared is, um, you know, the sound generator is plates by Mutable Instruments. Uh-huh. I love Mutable Instruments. I have very many, many, many modules <laughs> from her. I love, I love it. And yeah, the sound generator is the plates and it gets um, sequenced by a module that I don't have too long now in my case. It's the Touch Sensing Note Memory by Doughboss. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, I saw it in a video by Heinbach okay. lately, about, I don't know, two months ago. And I was just right away, wow, that has so many features that I wanted. And I bought it right away. It's not um, too expensive as well. Um, about 200 euros, I think okay. it was. And yeah, it has many, many features. I didn't get into all of them. Um, yet, but for example, it has an arpeggiator withhold function that I'm using right now. Or what I found very interesting as well is that you can, on the touch plates, you could um, like uh, record um, the the movement of the finger oh, cool. and then uh-huh. send out the recorded CV to mm-hmm. other modules, for example, and also sequence like really. Um, I don't know how many steps it was, but yeah, like a step sequencer. Okay. And send that okay. out. And so many features. Really, really cool. And it also looks nice in black. Uh-huh. I love black. <laughs> <laughs> black modules. So um, I'm just turning it up a bit. Um, yeah, that's the touch uh, sequencer in arpeggio hold mode, sequencing okay. the plates, plates module. And um, then I patched it into the Alter 2 module by Folktech, uh-huh. which I'm using for, for some years now. Just a little bit of delay. If it's, um, yeah, that's without the delay. Okay. And that's with a little bit of delay. I love effects that are not too obvious, but if you um, uh, take them out, it's totally dry and doesn't feel right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's with the Alter module uh, very often for me. And yeah, and I with the with the dough balls, I just can you know with the touch plates play different different melodies. I just chose those notes for now. Yeah, and then um, if I want to, I'm, I'm playing around these days very often with the Time Safari by um, Industrial Electronics uh-huh. or the Harvest Men back uh-huh. then. Yeah. And yeah, and if I um, wait a second, just patch it in there. Uh, that's a loop sampler and wait a second yeah and then I can just how the sound is different yeah, now yeah that sounds really cool that, I love the, the texture it gets it's really uh-huh. dirty but I really uh-huh. love all those noises from tapes from the Coco Quantas from mm-hmm. 8-bit samplers <laughs> I just, um, yeah, always need that in my tracks at the moment. And that's, um, I'm just recording it now into into the Time Safari. And then I can play around here in the Time Safari with uh, 
the loop length. Oh wow. Or reverse it, reverse it. Or make it very short and make uh -huh. a, you could make a pad out of that, for example, then send it into a huge reverb, for example. Yeah, you have those two sliders with which you can um, set the position mm -hmm. of the start and the end uh, points of the recorded sample. And then you also have the sampling oh, nice. frequency. Uh -huh. It's always good for endings. Uh -huh. <laughs> for example. And then I patch this sound into the beats module. I'm totally addicted to the beats module at the moment. Since I got it, I'm sending everything in there. I have every module, every, uh -huh. I don't know, I recorded a ukulele in there, um, <laughs> the flute, I don't know. Everything. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah, it has so many cool features. For example, if you're, um, if you're patching something in there, um, um, it detects the input level and it and adjusts it to the modular level it needs to operate uh, properly. Oh, wow. So if the signal is too low, it just boosts it and, um, for example, that. And you also, what I really, really love is that you have those attenue randomizers. So that means uh, that um, you can randomize. Uh, most of the parameters without sending in external CV. Oh, wow, that's interesting. For example, and there's so many features like that. So, so cool, just yeah. so handy to have. Uh-huh. So I just <laughs> patch everything in there. So if I just uh, turn it up the beats now for a little bit of randomization and a little bit of the reverb, for example, in there. Sounds totally different. Totally, yeah. Again, uh -huh. I really like effect modules to play yeah, around me with, too. It, yeah. with a simple sound and then <laughs> uh -huh. just seeing what, what gets out of it. Yeah. Now that was the first. I have a second one if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second one um, was one that I prepared for. That is on a, a video on YouTube that I have. It is called A Patch from Scratch, I think. Uh -huh. And here I also started with a very um, simple, very simple sequence from the Hermod. And the Hermod sequence is my STO module, the oscillator from Make Noise. Mm -hmm. So let me just. Uh, is this loud enough? Uh, that Very simple, beautiful. yeah. Sine wave, my favorite, my favorite, uh, yeah, waveform. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. nice. And then let me see. Um, and then I patched it into uh, a low pass gate just to get those dis distinct notes mm -hmm. uh, from Menke. And then it gets into. Uh, uh, to the Malgorithm by the Harvestman again, and it's it's again this uh, yeah those noises that get that's almost like an eight bit or something yeah like exactly a, yeah, yeah okay <laughs> exactly and then from the Malgorithm if I turn it down again into the Mimeophone I'm totally 
I have totally uh, fallen in love with this I one. I think that's that's next on my list. I've been I've been thinking about getting that one very soon. It's it really magic. Really, yeah, it <laughs> seems very cool. It really it doesn't matter what you what knob you turn. It always look it it sounds <laughs> beautiful. So this is now without the mimeophone. This is with the mimeophone. I also like to again not to make it too obvious, but if you mm -hmm. turn it down, just it's missing and weird. <laughs> yeah. So this is with the with the mimeophone, and that that one I used with um, yeah in the video patch from scratch, where I um, then added I, I made a beat uh, in, in Ableton uh, consisting only of of wood sounds. Oh. like leaves and, uh -huh. and and roots and I have it here and that is playing from the morphogy and I found the cool. challenge so cool <laughs> to, to just make a beat because I know an artist she's called Her Tree and all her music is only made out of um, yeah forest forest sounds all her pads all her drums her bass sounds and it is so well produced it's that, and so that beat is so cool. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds <laughs> really so like cool. It. And it's only, it's nothing synthetic, not nothing, um, no drum machine, no synthy, no, only <laughs> like those roots and, uh -huh. and branches and, and Did you go out and record <laughs> these sounds and then bring them into Ableton and cut them up or? Oh, no, I, I, uh, I had a, um, a sample library from, I think, Spitfire. Okay, they have okay. A, they have a pack only with beautiful, beautiful recorded um, forest sounds. And then this sounds awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And then I just uh, this melody was also um, is now playing back from the grandpa sampler. <clears throat> oh yeah. That I made, I think with I think this was from Felt Instruments, the plugin. Okay. Um, exactly. Yeah. Playing just uh, the grandpa just playing it back basically. So. love that that is so cool you, I, I love your you you do a really good job of blending um samples with actual oscillators you know like oh, thank you it, you're like it's like a it's just a, such a good way to get um a really full sound out of modular because it could be hard to stretch a patch out you know um that's true i really admire also artists who only do with Oscill uh, make music only with oscillators and then still mm -hmm. make it that because I think in every song one needs like um, contrast uh-huh uh-huh to yeah. make it or I like that in music let's say it that way and if somebody can do it with only a modular case without samples it's also like Katarina Barbieri for uh -huh. example mm -hmm. or um, Caitlin Aurelia Smith she's yeah. amazing yeah and she does it so well you're actually blue is kind of reminding me of like a poppier version of Caitlin Aurelia Smith. That was one wow, of the things that I thought. Wow, that's a compliment. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, with the the singing and but I feel like yours was a little bit more. Um, I almost felt like there's almost a little bit of a hip hop vibe to some of the beats that you were doing in there too. Like you really you, have I, a good ear. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> I love hip hop as well. My my husband is all about hip hop. Uh huh. And I always always try to sneak it in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Really good. I, yeah. I, I just I think uh, this is this is uh, 
I think this is one of the standout modular albums for me when I think of like some like I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound mean to modular music or negative of modular music because I I love modular music but sometimes some things I listen to and some things I make just kind of sound like a bunch of stuff that I've already heard before you know, like it's fun to make the patch and then we record it. But then it seems like there's a lot of, it's like, I feel like it's, clouds. yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know um, what you mean. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think as it's gaining popularity, um, and more and more people are using, using it and combining it with other technology, I think the music is becoming more interesting. And I, I feel like blue is kind of a benchmark for, I think you could use blue as an example of this is how we can kind of like create really interesting stuff out of all these existing palettes that we've all been experimenting with over the last few years. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> yeah. So I, that, I really like it and I'm, uh, I'm actually looking for, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next drive out into the woods cause I think my wife's going to really enjoy it too. So it's going to be our good driving music. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're closing in on an hour. Is there anything that we haven't got to that you wanted to uh, scream from the modular mountaintops or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> um, let me think. But I, wow, it's been a, an hour already. Wow. <laughs> we're close. We're close. I just I, I like to make sure that I give the last 10, 10 minutes to the guest in case there was something you were hoping to promote or talk about, or if you feel like maybe we stopped talking about something too soon or, you know, mm, but I, I think we, uh, I wanted to talk about the album and show the patches. So I think I'm, I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time. I know scheduling across when we're in different parts of the world can, it can kind of be hard. So thank you for your patience on that. And, um, and thank you for creating those cool patches to share with us. And uh, Yeah, and thanks for yeah. having me. So cool uh, to be here again. <laughs> absolutely. Anytime. All right. That is our show for the week. Thank you so much, Martha, for coming back on. Please go check out IUE Records on Bandcamp. Uh, there's a link in the show description. That's the letter I, the letter U, the word we, and records. Um, also, check out Martha's new album, Blue. Uh, it's fantastic. It's so good. And it's got so many different elements of what we all do with modular, just mashed up into one in a really brilliant way, in my opinion. Um, thank you to After Later Audio. Patchwork Seattle and Needham Woodworks for your continued support of the show and thank you all for your continued support of the show by just listening that's all that's all you need to do to keep the show going is listen to it but if you'd like to step up to a, maybe a little bit more of an active role in keeping the show going you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and you can um yeah, get access to the Patreon champagne room on Discord, as well as the bonus episodes, which I'm about to go record right now because I got a lot of stuff to talk about because lots of stuff happens in my week. But I don't want to, you know, there, it's just too much to talk about in the intros and the outros of the show. So I, uh, I talk about it there. Exclusive stuff. Like I said, it's, 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 it's behind the curtain. It's, it's how the sausage is made, you know? breaking down that fourth wall <laughs> thank you so much once again this this track is from 
uh, Bones of the Structure, the new album I released with my buddy Stephen Jett. He plays piano, and I screw up his piano sounds with my modular synth. Um, and all proceeds go to us getting studio monitors for Stephen's house so I don't have to pack as much gear uh, every time I go down there because it's a real pain in the ass. Um, boo-hoo, right? Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>